Hello, and welcome to the Soul Bloom Podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Doyle, and I'm so glad you're here. This episode's going to be a bit different. One, because I'm recording this outside. I'm in the garden. I'm giving something new a try. The reason is, on this episode, I'm going to talk about a poem that moved me. It moved me deeply, and it was sent to me by one of my coaches, and I then sent it to so many people. It's a poem that's included in the book, Made of Rivers by Emery Hall. I immediately ordered the book because I knew I needed to have it. So I'll start out by saying that when this poem moved me to tears, I was like, oh my gosh, what is wrong with me? And then I realized absolutely nothing is wrong with me. Everything is right. And the poem is called Come Sit by My Garden. And I think that that says a lot that I'm literally sitting here in the garden as I read it to you. Let my gardens speak for me when I'm gone. Let them speak in colored whispers of all the beauty I have seen and felt and lived. Let them speak of how much death had to find me, how many hard seasons it took to make me a living, breathing thing. Let them speak of my seasons of growth and abundance, but let them also tell of my seasons of loss and decay. Let the soft, wet earth be a reminder of hardness that didn't win, of sadness that didn't calcify, of surrender that triumphed over resistance. And let the glorious, fragrant blossoms speak of my life and its greatest lesson that the beauty we make never dies. Now, come on, that poem just hit me. I mean, it really got me. I'm surprised I didn't cry just reading it now to you all. What a beautiful piece of art. It just speaks on so many layers that really got me deep in my soul. I mean, it's rare that something moves me that quickly. Usually I have to sit and like presence myself to like really start to feel things like that. But Last week when it was sent to me and I read it, I was just going through a lot of different feelings. I was feeling a little bit stagnant. I was feeling a little bit lost. And I was sitting inside, you know, when I got it and I read it and I was looking out at the garden and I just said, wow, she understands. Like she understands that this, this garden, this living, breathing thing is so much more than just a place where I grow flowers and food and it's an expression. It's an expression of love. It's an expression of nature. And it really brings me closer to the earth. And as I sit here and I look at this garden that I've built, and not just the garden beds, but my entire space can be considered my garden because I've cultivated all of this area. As many of you know, I cultivate a lot of it for hummingbirds. I cultivate a lot of it for beauty. And as one of my friends and clients says, you know, she says, would you, if nobody knew about it, would you still do it? Not my garden, but anything. And always the first thing that comes to mind is absolutely. For my garden, I would do this even if nobody ever knew about it because I enjoy it so, so much. It's one of those things that I never knew I would become this person who relates so much to the earth, who relates so much to the changing seasons and who notices it with magic eyes. A teacher recently said that, you know, what are you noticing? It's like developing these magic eyes. And years ago, I couldn't tell you when the first leaves popped out on trees. I couldn't tell you the last day that the leaves would fall, especially in my yard. Now I can tell you that, you know, usually around like November 12th, November 13th, a few days after my birthday, the last beautiful, gorgeous scarlet red leaves fall from my sugar maple. I can tell you that we usually get a hard frost between Halloween and my birthday. And that's when everything in the garden goes to rest, and I start to plan anew for the next season. I know that the first flush of roses on our bushes are always the most stunning, but not the last, and they will continue all summer to bloom. 
I can tell you that the scarlet runner beans that climb my trellis are the first to bloom, and they bloom their heads off until the ruby moon hyacinth beans take their beauty full force in mid to late August. I can tell you that the first zinnia is always cute, like a little button, but they just continue to grow and become even better. And I can tell you that the hummingbirds show up in my yard around April 23rd. <laughs> if you knew me pre-2020, you probably would be like, oh wow, I didn't know Nicole like cared about things like this. And I wanted to. I deeply wanted to care about things like this, but I didn't have the presence and the magic eyes that I do now. You see, in 2020, when the world shut down, I needed that more than I thought I knew. Like, more than I knew. I needed that so badly. In November of 2019, I was laying on the floor of my office and I was crying because I had hit this mega milestone in my career. And I was miserable because everything I had given up to get to that point just didn't seem worth it. I thought something magic would happen in those moments. But it didn't. And I was the same person. And the inside didn't match the outside. The outside on paper looked great. You know, you'd be like, why are you upset? Why are you sad? But inside, I was just like so sad, so miserable, and just so unhappy with everything that I gave up to get to a milestone and all the things that I didn't allow myself to experience because that wasn't who I thought I was. And if I elaborate on that, I mean like I didn't allow myself to experience the full gamut of emotion. I was constantly climbing up the next mountain and the next hill and the next trail and the next thing just to get to the next level of some place that I thought I had to go. You know, I really thought that that was necessity in order to be successful. And on paper, I was successful. And I'm sure you've heard me talk about this before, but on paper, I was successful, but inside I was really sad. And I didn't realize how much I was giving up of my life the noticing, the magical moments, what really matters to me for some vision of success that I thought had to happen. Now, if you're listening to this and you just heard a dog bark or you hear some sort of lawn machinery in the background, just know these are the sounds of my people. (laughs) The sounds of the people of my garden. It is a late August evening and the wind is blowing. I hope you can't hear that either. But this is a test. We'll see how it goes. So back to this poem. One of the lines that got me really, like really made me cry was the part that says, let the soft, wet earth be a reminder of the hardness that didn't win, of the sadness that didn't calcify. Now, I know a little bit about this book that it's about motherhood and grief and self-discovery and healing and all these things. And I know that a big part of my life has been grief and has been this hardness that didn't win. And I feel like I was born anew when I allowed myself to not be this like hard shell exterior. It's been hard to be this softer person. I felt like the protective, you know, tough Nicole was so critical to everything. Like, never let them see you sweat. Never let them see you cry. Never let them see you sad. You know, those things that you hear. I don't have any distinct memories of, like, my mom saying that. Like, this wasn't something I was, like, sold in my own household. You know, my mom, in fact, probably encouraged me to feel and be more than anyone else. But I was like, oh, no, stop, mom. I won't do that. <laughs> um, you know, she had 
such a vibrant zest for life that was different than my early adolescence. I felt like I had to be the responsible one in that relationship and responsible girls don't do those things. But actually responsible girls take care of themselves. They take care of their emotions. Something that really gets me about my garden is that when I'm sitting here looking, I have rocks that surround where I'm sitting and they surround the beds that go right into the earth. The beds have like no blocking or barrier between them and the earth. But when it rains, this area fills up with water and it floods and then it drains. It goes away. And it's like this magical moment of like, wow, look at how resilient and flexible this area is and that it can hold all this water, it can hold all this dirt, and then it just kind of flows away. And then not only that, but then these roots of these plants, they reach deep into the beds that they're growing in and then they go beyond that. I'm also sitting here looking at weeds, which they're not really weeds, they're just plants that are growing in the wrong place at the wrong time. And there's so many volunteers in the garden. And the volunteers, I let them triumph sometimes and live because they're so cute. Like, how can you just get rid of something that tried so hard to grow and it magically appeared? Like, one of those plants that does that for me is Dara. And it's like a, it's a flowering carrot. And right now I can see probably like five or six seed heads that hold thousands of seeds and they're just going to reseed themselves all over until next year when I decide which Dara stay, which Dara goes. Um, I'm not the final decider. Sometimes George will like rip them out because he thinks it's an actual carrot. And he's wrong. It's not a real carrot, but he's excited either way. The beauty and magic that I see in this garden that I allow to permeate my entire being really holds more lessons than I can even begin to imagine. I dream of having my children in this garden, having them run and play and pick the things that aren't meant to be picked and get their hands in the dirt and help me plant. And it feels vulnerable to admit that. To admit that I have this dream beyond me for something that's not really in my control. As the late August garden sets in, it's nearly September when I record this, you know, there's plants that have seed heads forming. They're ready to rest. These plants still have time in them, but they're gearing up for the cycle again and again. And how many times in our lives do we gear up for that same cycle? That we bloom, we bloom, we bloom. We set seed, we send it out into the world, and we rest. We rest, we rejuvenate, until it's ready for us to emerge from that soil again. It's just such a moving space, and I wish that I could have Every person who takes time to listen to this episode, any episode really, just come sit by my garden. Sit here with me, enjoy this, and feel the magic of being connected on a deeper level. Look at things with magic eyes. Notice the grasshopper scaling the eight-foot-tall tithonia and glistening just a little bit in the afternoon sun. Notice the hummingbirds as they flit all over flying from flower to flower, getting their fill of nectar, and then zooming right up into your face as they say hello. Nothing makes a person feel more special than a hummingbird looking you dead in the eye. I mean, it is something that could bring me to tears probably if I really let it. Look at the dahlias as they continue to bloom and set tubers below the soil. Not only are they blooming above ground, but they're working below ground too. And let's not even talk about the tomatoes. The tomatoes are just 
living their best life. They just continue to flower and fruit, flower and fruit. And then we get about two-thirds of them because our dogs eat the rest. But it's a whole ecosystem. It's an ecosystem that I've not only created, but I've cultivated, and now I enjoy. And each season is different. Each season has surprise. Each season has loss. And it's just like our lives. Like, how can we learn to be here for it all? I could speak about this for days. If anyone would keep letting me go, I would. (laughs) And nobody's stopping me now. But I like to create this space of a sacred garden in all things that I do. I like to think that any relationship with me is like a sacred garden. And if you can't physically be here in my garden, just know that you're here in spirit. And I hold this beautiful space here. Plenty of chairs next to me. I encourage you to get outside if you can. Put your feet on the ground and really just thank Mother Earth for everything. And plant a garden of your own kind, whether it's in your mind, whether it's an actual physical garden or a space that you can enjoy deeply. It's important. It's important to who we are. I hope you enjoyed this more vulnerable episode. I'll talk to you soon.